Hello and welcome. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to Grim Encounters. We are a real play tabletop RPG using the chill third edition rule set. And of course we are based in the sweet little Chicago land world. Um, my name is Nort. I will be your sweet little chill master this evening, and your players are Anna playing Mavis. Robert playing Wesley. Uh Derek's playing Father Frank Flanagan. And Again, we will be having another kind of leveling up session, um, but I have an idea that we're going to do at the end, so it should be a little more fun, because oh. um, I feel like the group needs a little bit more uh, relaxing time. Um, so we're going to go right into the base upgrading this time. Uh, and again, Branson's not with us, unfortunately. He's a sick boy. Um, again, you are all hanging out. It's about a few hours after you were talking about all your cool abilities you got, and um, you hear the cane of Richard walking up to you and again he sits down at your table and says that there's a few more upgrades uh, more of repairs that we need to get done um, and was wondering what you guys if you guys had any more ideas and he turns to Mavis and he goes we didn't have time to do the armory last time so we'll definitely do that one this time awesome um and he kind of lays out what you guys can do uh, again, uh, do you guys do you guys remember? Or do you need me to go over them again? Uh, I know we can clear some more of the tunnels. The tunnels, you did them all. Did we do all of them? Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Um, I thought we only did three. I thought we only did three. There was only three. Okay. I thought there were six. Sorry. That's okay. Maybe I there later, was more but right, well. there's only three. <laughs> so that's fine. Um. Um. Okay. Then, then yes, go over them all. <laughs> sure. There is the uh, the the second tier of the book upgrading which is cataloging them and putting like a computer in there that you can just quick search. Um, there's the bunk rooms are ba are still pretty basic. Um, there's the kitchen area. Um, that's uh, one, one, two. So it's one for the library, one for the, one for the bunk room and then two for the kitchen. Cause it's needs basically an entire overhaul for it. Um, and then there's the conference room that's still broken and the loudspeaker system that's still broken. And that's, there's a one, those are one each. And then you guys have that new van, um, but you will need to recruit someone to be a mechanic. Oh. What? I was gonna say, a driver? I have I have someone in mind. <laughs> <laughs> you can have a driver if you want. Uh, but yeah, and he says, I have a couple people that we've been looking into you could use for that. Um, there's, of course, establishing other contacts. That's always a good idea. Um, and then he's like, we do have all those scouting missions we need to do. Um, but I fear I, I need to do a little bit more recon. I should be ready by the next time we have some downtime to do that. Uh, so what were you guys feeling? Mm. Definitely want to do the armory. Yeah. So that was two points? That You already paid for that one. Oh, okay. You guys have... I believe you guys... We have four points, right? Well, depending on what you did. You could have a max of four each time, so you can get between one and four. Um, we can go over it. Uh, let's say. Let's see. You, um... What did you guys, what did you guys use this time around? We used the library. library. Mm-hmm. I think uh, that's it, actually. The library? Um... I don't think we did anything else because we didn't use the lab at all. No. We just used the library because I woke up Dean, and that's the only thing we did. Yep. You use Dean for that? I thought you used Dean for the oh, computers. computers. So oh, yeah. Dean and the computers. computers. Yeah, that's true. 
Okay. Yeah, so you guys have you only have two points this time, so we'll do the armory and then you have two points to spend. Okay. Um, what would you guys like to do? Or preferences? Because I don't really have a preference, honestly. Uh, let's just do the bunk room. Is that one? Is bunk room's one. The bunk room and... The mechanics one. The only thing that's two is the kitchen. Okay. I was going to say the kitchen. Wesley's, like, using this place as his home. Yeah. Because he doesn't... We can, he lives with his parents. We can skip mm-hmm. out on the bunk room and just do the kitchen. I'm fine yeah. with that as well. Okay. That way it's... So, okay. Yeah. Bunk room next time or catalog of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, for the so. mechanic, I was just going to pull that book up. <laughs> <laughs> give you Give you names. <laughs> Sure. Yeah, we can do that. Uh, it was perfect. Um, and he uh, kind of, l- you guys go over what you need, like all the kitchen appliances. You're basically just gonna build like a nice, a little up, more upgraded office kitchen. Mm. In the mid, it's gonna sit right in the middle. Mm. And there's a, already like these big vents that go down there, but there's nothing it's connected to. But they're just like hanging. They just need to be extended down to the appliances. Okay. And and you guys order them, and then they are brought down. <clears throat> and uh, they use they actually use the uh, um, they use the side passages to get the appliances down because they won't make it down the staircase. So you guys put in some some kit some kitchen appliances, a nice couple fridges, some stoves, a microwave, all that good stuff. Um, and what that does uh, is it it has scheduled meal times so that ever you have scheduled meal times when you're out on cases. So like everyone. It's like a big family dinner. It makes everyone feel more like a team. It was um, Grimm's idea. Uh, and then uh, morale is just generally increased because eating together helps you grow as a family and friends. And uh, Richard, after booting everything in, he goes, did anybody know how to cook? And everyone on, in the whole place is like, not really. We get to hire a cook? <laughs> yeah. There we go. So, um, you kind of gravitate towards this one uh, person. Her name is Rosa Gutierrez. Gutierrez. Rosa Gutierrez. Please write that down for the love of God. Um, and she is um, a high-end chef. Um, she kind of, she's in her mid-50s. Um, she had a run-in with... Uh, a El Chupacabra. T- Sure, she had a run-in with the Chupacabra when she was visiting Mexico City. Um, she went out on, like, a night walk, and she was attacked by the Chupacabra and managed to fend it off and kind of just got away from it. Um, it got distracted with, like, an animal or something. Goats. Yeah. Yep. And uh, she is, she's traveled all over the world, um, and she is looking to, uh, she wants to help more with Save. Um, and she was one of the older prospects they were looking into just hiring on, um, not necessarily for her cooking skills, um, but she is kind of against, um, a violence, but she wants to help any way she can. So you guys contact her and she is currently living, um, in, let's say, she, yeah, she's currently living in Chicago. She's kind of, she kind of likes how the town is, um, and, uh, she agrees to meet with you with everyone and Richard just goes and meets her and she comes back he comes back with her and she seems thrilled to help and she uh uh approaches all four of you and she looks like she's in pretty good shape for her age she's not um showing any signs of illness or anything really she's very spry and she uh says hello my name is Rosa 
I cannot wait to cook for you. And I, uh, I'm good at many other things. And she gives you figure guns and then, like, kind of walks oh, into the kitchen all excitedly. And, uh, just begins preparing a meal for everyone, so. Sweet. I love to eat. <laughs> <laughs> you love to eat imaginary food in your mind that you're I not do. eating, but your character's <laughs> eating. I concur. Actually, okay, so Mavis. Yes. You are at your desk, mm-hmm. and <clears throat> you just finished up the kitchen stuff. Okay. And you hear... Actually, roll me a perception. I rolled an 8, and I needed a 70. Okay. So you hear, like, some light rubbing of leather behind you. Mm-hmm. What do you do? Uh... Well, I guess I'll turn around and okay. you, uh, see if it's actually Dr. Woodsgate. You uh, turn around, and uh, there is a man quietly walking up to you. Uh, and he and he uh, kind of pulls his hands off from behind his back and waves to you. Hello, Mavis. I heard you wanted to tighten up the storage area, correct? Yep. Alright, well, follow me. Okay. And as he's, uh, as you guys kind of walk, he... Again, as he walks, it's like he's gliding across the floor in his full, decked-out leather suit. And he gestures his hand behind his back um, to Mark, who is in the kind of leaning in a chair in the lab, and gestures him, and Mark kind of quickly stands up and jogs out, follows you guys. And you are... You walk into the storage area that kind of leads into the big vault door. And it is just a disaster. And he kind of gestures and you guys begin work. It takes a whole day of just straight... You kind of pull everything off the shelves because they're like these humongous shelves that go to the ceiling. So you have to use ladders at some point. And you're kind of just throwing away old scrap metal. And like there's old weapons that have just rusted over and they're just there's no way even recovering them. And there's like old case files that are kind of just kind of thrown into like a a corner of the library and um you find more of those hard drives that you found that one time and um it's you're beginning to organize it uh and you kind of move this box and it tumbles off the shelf and as you're kind of like turning back to look at what you were like what you were at the shelf as you're about to move down you see this small wooden box a nice little ornate um, it looks like it has a little tiny latch in the front and it's about the size of let's say like a book okay so it's like it's like a cigar box or like a Almost, jewelry box okay. kind of yeah all right is it locked it you don't you it doesn't seem to be okay I'm gonna open it as you open it um there it looks like it there's just like a black cloth laying over something inside it Ooh, is it another gun? I'm gonna, I'm gonna open the cloth. It is not. It is a string. It is this like a bowstring. As you pick it up, it glows. Like it fl- a flash of light hits you, like really quickly, millisecond. And as you unstring it, it is this incredibly long bowstring. Sweet. And you, uh, as you are kind of making your way down. Grim walks up to you. 
me this. What did you discover? I found this bowstring in a box. Hmm, interesting. And he, uh, kind of, uh, he gestures towards the armory, and you guys kind of walk through the the door, hisses open as you walk through, and, uh, uh give me a bow, please. Right. He takes it and he lays it on his, uh, on, like, this table that's in there now, after you guys fix it up. There's, like, this table where you can, like, clean your weapons and detach them and stuff. And he gently takes off your old string and okay. puts on the new one. And then hands it to you. And as it, it exchanges hands, it there's like that mild flash of light. Okay. Uh, and he just kind of like bows to you to see to like gesture for you to do something. And like, all right. There's like a dummy in the corner or something. There's a dummy in the corner of mm-hmm. the armory. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna load it up with one of my arrows that obviously I'm in full gear at all times for no reason. Sure. So. Yeah, I'm gonna load it up and shoot it at the dummy. And it, uh, it's just kind of, it feels tight, like nice and tight, and it hits it. It doesn't seem to do anything after it hits it, though. Okay. It it feels it's a nice. It feels like the bow's better in general, just as like it feels a little little like stronger almost. Um, I can't tell if it did anything to the dummy. Like, there's no way for me to tell if it hit like a living thing. Um, not really. It, I mean, it feels like, it looks like it sunk a little deeper than normal. Like, maybe it does slightly more damage. Um, but there must be something that it does that's not necessarily for combat. Okay. That's what you're kind of putting together. Alright. And he is right behind you as you're looking. And he, over the side of your, your, over your shoulder, he says, Hmm, it must be something more utility, if that makes sense. Hmm. I wonder if it never breaks. I don't know. We'll see. We'll have to find out. Use it later. I'm not about to shoot anybody <laughs> in here. Unless, Grim? You want to shoot me? Yeah. I do not want you to shoot me. That All would right. be very not cool. Never mind then. See you later. And as you turn away, um,. You hear like a, hmm, and uh, you take a few steps, and the bow, it like, it shakes a little bit, and it, the string glows, uh huh, and you duck, and a foot goes right over your head, and you spin around, and he goes, <laughs> well, there you go. I asked you to. Sh- I asked to shoot you, and you try and kick me. <laughs> no, <laughs> it. Uh, it warns you, didn't it? Yeah. 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 I'm just, I'm just staring at you. I guess that's what it does. Yeah, maybe it doesn't need to be on the bow entirely. Maybe it could be sewn into something or draped around something. It could just be a string for all we know. I mean, I start thinking of squirrel accessories. <sighs> I walk away. Yeah, you walk away, yeah. and uh, you leave Mark to finish the job. <laughs> he sees. Oh, we're not done yet. 
I just walked away. Okay. It was, it was big. I am committed. Bye. <laughs> I got yeah. what I needed. I'm out. Mark, Mark seems cool with it, dude. I mean, it's not like... He has anything to do. He I mean, he can't get behind the wheel anymore, so... Right. Michael, you... All your friends are out working on things uh, in their personal lives. Um, you haven't seen Mavis in a, a few days. Uh, she's been out camping or something. Um, Wesley's locking himself in the gym, basically. And uh, Frank's been kind of wandering around and doing stuff with the church. What... Uh, when you kind of when you make your way to your main desk on the bullpen, there is a letter waiting for you. Um, and there's no return address. Um, it is labeled to your apartment, and it, you grabbed it in your stack of like uh, mail you brought home to work this morning. Because you, you spend most of your time here. Mm-hmm. But you stop to get your mail at your PO box at your apartment, right? Uh, and this this is the last piece of bill, piece of mail you haven't opened, and it's just addressed to you. Okay. Oh, am I supposed to like? Do you have a like? Yeah. Uh, so you kind of rip it open. Uh, when you pull it out, uh, a smell of like uh, uh, sweet lavender kind of hits you, mm-hmm. um, and it's it a rush of deja vu hits you. Um, and at the top, it just says, uh, Dear Pipel. And as you're scrolling through, just kind of trying to figure out who it's from, you realize it's from Maggie, your ex-wife, uh, which you haven't spoke to in a long time. And uh, it just says, uh, Pipel, uh, I know it's been a while since we talked. Just what... Just what happened with everything, I, I just couldn't believe what happened, and we had to go. I'm not sorry for leaving, I'm just sorry it was so abrupt. I stopped by today to see see you, but you weren't in. I think that's probably still for the better. Yeah. Jackie just graduated from school. I have, Here's some pictures, and then kind of cuts around, there's pictures of like... Of your daughter and everything. Um, How do you react to that? Hmm. Probably just start drinking super heavy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Because I know we talked is that you're saving your points this time around to kind of save up for something big maybe next time. Mm -hmm. Uh, So you're saying that Pykel kind of gets lost into his alcoholism. Yeah. I mean, it's one of the reasons why I drink, so. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's, 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 you haven't had one of these episodes in a while. Since you joined Save, you haven't. You've kind of, it's kind of renewed your purpose with everything. Uh, but you kind of get lost. As you're just, like, kind of looking around the base, all of your teammates are kind of just sitting around talking and, like, uh, laughing with each other, um, and they all just seem happy. Like it seems that a lot of these people have finally found a home. Uh, being a lot of them have been outcasts, or uh, they have been shunned, um, and 
you're all you all kind of swell with pride. Uh, Pykel's out there with Mordecai. He is going shot for shot with Charles right now. Um, and uh, uh, the day kind of continues. Everyone's kind of just hanging out. Um, Dean and Gene actually walk up to you three as you guys are kind of. Uh, you guys are kind of going to you're kind of going over those old cases you found. Everyone's kind of intrigued by that. There's a few that you're you're from your father, okay, and mother that they uh, there's a one cold case they couldn't solve, and there's a bunch of cases that they did solve. Um, and Gene and Dean kind of walk up to you. The popular crowd. Whoa! <laughs> you say that? Yeah. Gene kind of like oh my dear, kind of like looks at you and then takes a step back and then uh, kind of pushes Dean forwards. You want you wanted to talk to him. Yes, Dean. How may we <laughs> appreciate it? Oh, uh, first things, we're all gonna go out and we're gonna get some dinner and we're gonna we're we're gonna get some drinks. Uh, we're gonna go to this nice little arcade bar that's over there. And I was just wondering if your team wanted to come with my team. And like have try to like have some bonding because I feel like there's a lot of and he like puts his hands and like tries to like like start shoving them together like there's a lot of like friction between us and I you know what I'm saying I don't really like it. Wesley this whole time was like just standing there like you know kind of puffing his muscles out a bit was they approach as soon as he said food and drinks he just like relaxes yeah. and takes his hands he's like no we're not like that and pulls them apart it's like, let's go. he's like i'm so like freaked out by that. he's like he's kind of fumbling because you tell he's kind of fumbling with how to just speak now and you're kind of confused and gene kind of places his hand on his shoulder and like uh kind of like pulls him back a little bit and steps forward i know it was dean's idea i mean i don't think it's necessarily a bad idea I don't want us to go out and fight, and I've talked to Grim, and he says I should trust more people. I have, a, I have trouble trusting people, and the team means a lot to me, and I, I think it would be fun, because, I mean, some of us are young, and some of us are older, um, but everyone likes some good, a good restaurant, and I was thinking after, maybe we could go bowling. Or just something that's less low key, because I know that um, Wu doesn't necessarily drink as really, and I know I don't know if you, Father. I imagine you would only maybe have a drink or two. Not really, yes. Um, but I feel like it could still be fun. I mean, no one has. I'm not. No one has to come. There's no gonna be. There isn't gonna be any ill will if you decide not to. But I think it'd be kind of fun to raise a little hell for once instead of qualming it. If that makes any sense. Hell uh, yeah. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's okay. What y'all don't know about Mavis is, uh, she would go head to head with Lucas when Lucas was still alive. Lucas was a party boy. Hell yeah. Okay. I gotta look something. I gotta look at this real quick because I. I gotta go put my squirrel away. <laughs> yes. That sounds like a euphemism. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Please do that. Like a lot. That sounds like a euphemism a lot. <laughs> Dean Dean blushes and goes, you have, a, you have a squirrel? 
and then I pull off my backpack because now I, I I always wear my backpack now. Um, it's one of those backpacks, you know, with like the little bubble that looks like a spaceship. You know mm-hmm. what I'm talking about? That they put cats in, but it's for my squirrel. These are things. And then like there's a little uh, like elastic pouch, so it has like a water thing that you give gerbils. So that's I carry that around all the time. So I I go put my squirrel. That squirrel's gonna die, and you're gonna be so sad. <sighs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that immediate you know, yeah. I, oh, I know him. Yeah. He's gonna as kill As soon as she said, I'm gonna get a pet, I was like, oh, I that poor, I haven't that killed, poor he was like, yeah, get a pet. I haven't killed Ransom's dog yet. He doesn't take it anywhere. <laughs> I know. He's like, he's like, wait, my dog, where is it? And you're like, you didn't take it. They're kind of looking to you guys to see if you guys are interested in going with them. Yep. Father, you're not going? I suppose I can come. Uh, they go. At least to dinner. To dinner? <laughs> to dinner. <laughs> Jean goes, we, we are going to a very nice, um, it's a Japanese cuisine restaurant. It's very fancy. Uh, Richard told us to use the cards and just take us all out. Um, Sydney and Mark will be coming too. Mm, of um, course. And then that incredibly tall man walks out and then an incredibly short woman comes with him, kind of walking up to you guys. Um, and, the, and, uh, and then Maxine and Wu are kind of uh, quite short behind them. We go out to dinner and it's great and we take the mystery machine. You all just pile on the mystery machine? Of course we do. Uh, there's plenty of room in the mystery machine, but nobody wants to take the Mavis mobile? No. Why? Because I have a cool <laughs> van now. You don't, can't even drive it, sir. Nope, I asked Mark to. Wait, is there seats in the van, or is it, I mean, it's a utility van, so there's, like, a couple seats in the There's, like, like computers in the back. Yeah. There's room. Yeah, sure, why not? We can all pile on the floor. Mark, would you please drive us to, and I give him he, like, the address? I don't know. Drive, or do you mean drive? Do it what you will. <laughs> Wait, what's he driving? The mystery machine. Oh, I call shotgun. And and Sydney kind of like puffs her, puffs, All right. puffs her chest. I'll, I'll sit in the back. And I'll sit um, next to Dean. Like, who else is in the back? Pykel? <laughs> is Pykel yeah. coming? No. Sure. <laughs> All right. <laughs> There's so many people on this fucking van. No one, everyone's like, we could drive them. Everyone's like, no, we're taking this van. So it's like a sardine can in there. All right. So I'll sit between uh, Pykel and Dean. <laughs> There's no we're all sitting on the floor. Are we standing in the van? It would be even worse. <laughs> all right, yeah, we're all sitting. There's legs everywhere. Yeah. Casual. No, Pykel drives. He Why drives. He Pykel drives drive? your car. Oh, Pykel drives my car. And then um, a couple other people, like uh, like Wu goes with him, and let's see, and a couple other people go with him. Um, as you guys are walking, Sydney and Mark seem to be arguing about something, and Sydney goes, "You know, I'm." Just as good a driver as you. And Mark goes, No, I'm obviously better. You never beat me ever. Sydney goes, That one time I did beat you, but you went on a Technic. And they're just like going back and forth. Okay. They were both street racers. Oh, of course they were. <laughs> um, so that you kind of pile on the van and they all, and then it skirts off. Hold on, let me, let me see. Wow, that was pretty good. He fucking whips it out of this. He goes so fast up the ramp that it, it makes a little like slight air and it bounces down, and he 
screeches around the corner and just flying flies through like a stoplight and like everyone is screaming. <laughs> no, Wesley, I'm enjoying this. This is awesome. Wesley's just drinking. Yeah. <laughs> we're not That's even. We're not then. even at the restaurant yet, and he's already drinking. Uh, and you guys have the nice restaurant, and uh, you all get your uh, nice Japanese cuisine. Uh, we can role play eating if you want, but we don't have to. Arigato. Oh. All right, I get the um, I get the chef's choice, which is typically like nine pieces of sushi and like a fried udon side order. Okay. Uh, I don't think I'm going to start drinking yet. I think I'll wait for the bar. Okay. Um, no, I have one drink. Luckily, it's my last drink. This landed on my cheat day. So I yeah. go all right. in. Wesley has so much food. So much. It's almost as much as an, it's almost as expensive as the Disney movies he bought. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. That's a lot of food, dude. Um, just really expensive food, you know? He, he orders a bottle of sake for the table. And then one for myself. And Pykel wants one too. So, Pykel It's all on company cards, so. Um, so, then you guys kind of head from. You kind of just walk from the restaurant. It's kind of in a central area of Chicago. So, you're around everything. And you head to the bar, and um, kind of everyone gets ID'd, and everyone goes, walks in. And uh, what do you guys want to do? Is there anyone you would like to speak with specifically? Like, you don't have to go, Father. It's up to you. I call it an early night after I see that all of the youngsters are going to have a nice night out. <laughs> I hail a cab and go back to justice. Okay. Um, Tell them to call me if they need assistance. You say youngsters and Michael's like <laughs> super old dude. <laughs> yes. You and Michael are like the same age. He's younger than I am. By like what? Five, ten years? He's also not had life sucked out of him. I'm yeah. like 70. In the game though. Yeah. Um. So yeah, you are at the at the bar. Is who? Is there anyone you guys want to speak with or not? Or do you want me just to fuck pick someone random? What you said, uh, Jean and Dean? Are they like kind of bigger guys? Jean and Jean's a woman. Oh, Jean. Oh, I didn't. She's know a she's, she's a, a, a gorgeous woman. Oh, okay, she's okay. a gorgeous. Um, she's famous. You knew her before you even joined Safe. She is. She was. Um. Like a top MMA fighter. Yeah. Oh, even better. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. I challenge them to like darts or something, whatever's there. Yes. And whatever you want's there, buddy. Yes, yes. We'll play, you we'll play you some darts. Specifically oh, Gene and Dean. We're doing, yes, specifically them. No. We're doing darts and then like pool and then we're, we're hitting all the little whatever we can do. Okay. To entertain ourselves. Sure. Who joins you guys? <clears throat> he's he's not a talker, though. Right. Unfortunately. I'm a tough crowd. Appreciate it. <laughs> um... <laughs> Yeah. Of course. Sweet, do you want to do some rolls for some darts? Sure. Let's see, let's just do a roll and we'll see how good you did. I don't know what you'd add to this. Probably ranged weapons. Ranged weapons. I feel like it's yeah. ranged weapons. Oh good, they're both bad at it. You're throwing things. So. I rolled a five. I don't need to know what I need to roll, but I rolled a five. Oh, you did good. You get a bullseye. So they're bad. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> they're, they're hitting the board, they're just like, they're not getting any really good points, and you're just... Bullseye, bullseye, another good point. And they're and they're just like every time, every game you win, they're taking a shot, but you're just taking a shot with them. Right. Yeah. Um, I laugh at them because they have to take a shot. I'm, I'm <laughs> drinking with them though. And uh, they just start like ex they're exchanging stories and like like what they experienced or what they've done, like how the unknowns affect them and everything. And everyone's kind of laughing and 
uh, you and Dean are, uh, you and Gene are playing, um, you're playing Golden Axe. The other, Dean and Wu are talking, Dean's kind of talking, Dean's really drunk now, mm-hmm. and he's kind of like on Dean's, uh, Wu's shoulder, and he's like, man, I, I just want to like not be a pussy, you know? <laughs> like, you're so like, like you're a man of few words, and like, you're so like, cool, and Wu's just like, Nodding. He's like patting him. Because he can't (laughs) talk. Like he's trying to sign, but like (laughs) Dean's just like not even looking at him. Um and you and Jean are are playing Golden Axe and she's she's pretty good. Like you guys are you guys have already passed level two on just one quarter. And um I'm I was kinda worried, Wesley. I'm glad you guys came. I thought that our teams didn't get like like each other. And I thought that was silly, because the enemy's not us. It's these creatures that are just, just hurting people and killing people and turning people into be just terrible creatures. Um, and she's kind of, like, lost for words as she is, like, rapidly pressing B or whatever. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, they're the enemy. We, we can be friends. We're, we're, yeah, I like that. And we're I, friends. I, you know, I also appreciate that no one's brought up, you know, my career. I mean, it didn't, it didn't end great. I, and I, I mean, I'm, it's constantly affecting everything we do. And I mean, it does help. I do. I do, we do get into a lot of places just because of who I am, but I just appreciate it that, you know, everyone treats me normal, like, even though we were fighting, it was kind of nice that you, that people didn't, <laughs> didn't like me, you know, it, I've always been the popular one, so it's nice to not, I guess, I don't know, Wesley, yeah. do you want another shot? Is that even a question? And uh, she orders some more drinks, and you guys just keep just keep pounding them. And you look back over, and uh, uh, Dean is just is still babbling to Wu about about how he doesn't talk much and how he's just a good listener. And then we're gonna go over uh, to Mavis. Mavis, you are uh, kind of without Father Frank there. It's kind of uncomfortable almost not like you feel bad and you want to leave it's just like there's so much ice that needs to be broken and you're so bad with the breaking of the ice do you feel me yeah what is what just tell me what is what would mavis do or what would you want mavis to do so i'm kind of at the bar right now i'm looking around watching everybody Mm -hmm. uh there's dean and woo and then gene and wesley uh I'm feeling some weird tension between Mark and Sydney. I don't want to go over there. It's like playful, like it just feels weird. And right now they're they're playing like a big Jenga. So I'm just scoping out, mm-hmm. looking at the tops of heads, and of course there's one giant head. Yeah, there's you see, and you guys lock eyes. You see Maxine as she's like pushing through these crowd of people. She's such a large woman, um, and she's so muscular that people are kind of afraid of her, just because she's so intimidating. And, um, here, let me... Maybe if she had a better attitude. 
or she has the right attitude if you're her so i don't know she's never talked to me and she has talked to you she's yelled at you she's just me you're bit you're mean to her i'm not mean to her um she kind of slides up to the bar next to you um and she just kind of like orders she orders a whiskey just like a big glass of double double shot of whiskey and she kind of pushes it back and looks at you Hello. Hello. And I order myself a couple drinks to myself. To yourself. A couple drinks to myself. She uh, kind of pats the table. She goes, I, I, you know, I, I want to apologize. Uh-huh. Oh, you want more? Okay. I want to apologize. The my I lashed out at you because I thought you were weak and I thought you were pathetic, but I was wrong. You have proven yourself, and I had no right to talk to you like that. And just because your parents were something doesn't mean that you have to be them. What do you mean my parents were something? Your parents were great envoys, correct? Yeah. I should not compare you to them. That's not fair. I didn't like it when my family compared me to my father. So, and I could never live up to that. And I don't want you to feel that And in this setting where we're supposed to be helping each other to protect the world from such atrocities. And when she speaks, she looks very like she has a hard time talking about this. Um, and I just kind of want to wipe the water. And, I, and she looks at you. She goes, "You get one punch. Just you have. This is for me. You have to give me one punch. Just and I, and I can. I'll feel better about everything." Uh, her woman pecks, you mean? <laughs> her wax? Her wax. It still hurts. And then I, I look at her and I say, I look at the bartender and I say, one fruit punch, please. <laughs> you son of a bitch. She goes, to you, and looks at the drink. That was a joke. And then she just fucking starts belly laughing and everyone just <laughs> takes like four steps back. Um... Like, you hear, like, the stool she's on creak a little bit. <laughs> and, uh, she, like, puts this huge muscular hand on her shoulder and gives you, like, a tight squeeze and goes, Alright, Grandma's right. You're, uh, you're alright. Now, if you ever need me to dead-eye something for you. I think I got call. it, Maxine. You can use a high-powered sniper rifle, too? I have a bow. I mean... Let's play skee-ball. Fuck yeah. I love skee-ball. Alright, let's go play skee-ball. Yeah, and she goes, and she goes first, and she just, like, throws the balls right into the hole. (laughs) (laughs) 10,000 points, 10,000 points, 10,000 points. She has about as high of range weapons as you can get. She has 75? She has, you have more than her? I have 75. <gasps> no, we're fucking rolling now. I take that back. We're rolling. 
We're rolling to play skee ball right now. For sure. She gets a five. She has a five. <laughs> out of seventy. I rolled a seventy-eight. Was less than one inch away from the mic and screamed into it. <laughs> so you lose the first round. Then you go again. She gets a ninety-eight, and she because you screamed, she's laughing still from it. So she's just fucking like missing, and they're just like. Bouncing into I the rolled box. a 73, so it's a low success. <laughs> and she orders uh, used a couple shots of whiskey, and you guys are just fucking just pounding them back. Hell yeah. So you uh, get out of the taxi, and you kind of make it up, and uh, uh, you see James, he's kind of he's kind of gesturing this older, this, uh, looks like this disheveled young man out of the out of the church, okay. and uh, he's kind of looks like he's giving some instructions to a place to where he could get like help for his like a drug abuse or something. Okay. And the guy's like crying and shakes his hand and uh, takes a cab off and goes away. And uh, James uh, turns around and then uh, locks the door, like locks up and everything, and uh, heads with you to your house. And uh, weren't gonna stay out late with the young ones, huh? Oh no, I've. Far exceeded my time doing that. Yeah. I, I feel ya. Mm. I'm the one that keeps up the protections over of the HQ normally. Um, wears me out. I feel like it's aging me quickly. Um, but I feel that just because we are old on the outside, that we could still be spread on the inside. Right, Father? I am nimble-minded, yes. Right, Father? Yes, Father. <laughs> oh, I missed that joke. <laughs> and uh, he unlocks the door and you guys walk in. So, well, I'm going to hit that hay. Wonderful and James. walks up the old farmhouse stairs to his bedroom. And you wanted to head to your study? Yes. Okay. So you, do you want to describe how your study looks? It's be your typical study. Leather-bound encyclopedias <laughs> on the, the back wall. Bibles, of course. Uh, probably in oak wood. Imagine that. I would probably spend quite a bit of money on it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's it's decked out, my dude. Nice, nice desk. Yeah, a beautiful desk. For writing all of my, you know, sermons. Of course. Letters and to the Pope. Yes, yes, actually, my, my few letters that I have written to the Pope through the years. And you, you, so like, and then behind you, you have this, um, so when you got this house, you discovered that there was a wall safe. Um, and you kind of move this painting back. It's a it's a painting of uh, Lady, it's a Lady of Sorrow. The painting of Lady of Sorrow. You kind of Perfect. you kind of move past and you put in the combo and you open up the safe, and sending in a few documents like the the, deed of the church in there, the deed of the house, um, some like you have some money in there for like emergencies, and then right on under on, like, underneath everything there is like this old this old uh, book. Yes. Can you go grab it for me? Yeah, I can go get it. Oh, oh gosh. Oh, it's it's a very small book. It is very small. It's awesome. is that it? Yep. Okay. The other one's the other book. It's falling it's apart. Very old, yes. Oh gosh. And I and I open it up. Um, as you open it up. Okay. What? Oh, as I open it up. Well, there was like a dick or something. Oh no! Yeah, and it falls and it like crumbles like a, in my my hands as this one is. It's an extremely old book. Like you're very delicate with it. Yes. Um. There's like some. There looks like there's tons of old notes from previous fathers, in there, um, 
and as you touch it, it slightly glows. Oh. Uh, you're just flipping through it, kind of going um, about your business, and you come to a blank page. Okay. And as you look at the blank page, um, you blink a few times. Blink. And on the top, I've got the very top of it, um, some, like, writing begins to form. Mm, very intriguing. This is after about like an hour of reading it. Like you, it was ba your basic um, explaining of faith and all that. Uh, it's just kind of interesting coming. It was so old. It just reads, Father Frank Flanagan. Oh my. What do you do? I rub my eyes. I imagine I'm getting tired. And look back again. And the words are gone? Okay. Do you say anything? Very intriguing. I must be must be quite tired. Aren't we all tired? The words scribble across it. Oh gosh. Hmm. I, I rub my eyes again. <laughs> I imagine it's blank again. Mm -hmm. Oh. Peculiar. So peculiar. I have been called many things. You have? Yes. Why? Who are you? And that's what we're gonna call it. Oh. Alright, everyone. Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for dialing us up. Thanks for listening to Graham Encounters. I really appreciate you kind of tuning in for this little roleplay sesh we had here where it was straight roleplay, no token flips. Dice rolls are only for darts and ski ball. But sometimes when you're fighting monsters, you just gotta play a little ski ball. Okay? And, uh,. Did you guys have fun at least? And do yeah. little skis? Oh, yeah. But of course. Okay, next time we'll all just take as many shots as our characters do. And I'll take shots awesome. for all mine. Alright, well, well I'm glad that I'm not gonna take any shots. <laughs> I just like open up a bottle of whiskey and just drink it all. And that's the game. <laughs> um, that would be super fun. So what, me getting alcohol poisoning? No. And go, so you, then you'd get all my millions. <laughs> that would be the longest episode. Though we were just hammered. It, I mean, it would be interesting. I don't know. We, we we all fight a monster that makes everyone drunk. My squirrel eats everyone. Oh, I'm immune. You can only fight a monster when you're drunk. Then I fight them all. Oh my god! You son of a bitch! Mm. You're stricken gold. Uh, this is perfect. All right. Your father um, gets drunk on communion wine. Well, I was um, I was speaking to Dax, and he wanted to close this, this episode out. If you guys would be okay oh with god, that. Oh god, no. Okay, um, I guess. Well, I, I wanted to say thanks for listening um, to uh, the followers on Twitter, of course. And I want you all to I want you to go outside, and I want you to just grab grab your nearest your your nearest rock, and I want you to take that, and I want you to bash that one time on the ground, and I want you to spin in three circles, and I want you to give your mom a call and tell her to stay swooped out there. <laughs>
you come to and you're like in a bar with your with your teammates and then you just keep browning out uh until about 9 a.m uh like a week later and um you just kind of you don't you're, you're t super tired but it's not seem like it's gonna affect you you're used to this this tired right um and you kind of just start getting ready for your day because you're going to be getting a case soon so you need to be prepared um, but is how does so when when he kind of comes out of it how does Pykele feel getting lost in himself again being such an intell intelligent man yeah. getting lost in so, something with such emotion how does how does he take it like how does he look at that <clears throat> he doesn't enjoy drinking but it's just like something he just does to make the, like all the like the emotions just go away to like drown them out almost. So it's just like uh, every time he like feels like another like spike comes up from his past, he just yeah. like sucks it back down with alcohol. So like, he's just not happy about it. Like it's just <laughs> like it's like a trigger for him. Of course. Yeah. Um. Uh. But all right, that yeah. Well, not good, but... No. <laughs> <laughs> we get to see more into how that's affecting him as a character. Mm -hmm. um, but all right. 